0: Welcome to another 10 minute Tuesday. Joey and I are here. We're going to give you guys some water hunting tips to start your year. So we're focused on probably more water around our area. So not a lot of timber tips in here for you. But one of the things that I think is super important when you go out on water is finding a good spot. One of my favorite things to do is to try to find a point either on an island or on the outside of the lake and even in a pond. Because what you have is you have a couple of different options. So you can hunt the point, or you could hunt in a bay that's going to be a little more protected. And it's going to just depend on your wind, kind of the conditions. And I don't know. I think that's a really good spot. Yeah. I mean, the, the thing with water hunting that's so
1: interesting is, yes, you want to be protected from the wind. So if you're on one side of the point, you'll notice like the first 10, 15 feet of the water is dead. And so if you think like a bird, you're essentially... Oh my God, it's windy out here. I want to go down and rest, or I want to go down and eat. And if you go and look at water when it's super windy and there's whitecaps, you don't see ducks feeding in the whitecaps unless it's like divers. But even then, they will find a point to where they're somewhat protected from the wind.
0: Yeah, they'll be like right on the edge of where
1: it gets shitty. Right. And I think that's why point hunting is so awesome is because you have wind, but at the same time, you have some protection.
0: Yep, and if you need more or you need to adjust based on that, you can just curl back to the inside a little more or shoot out to the front a little bit more. Gives you a lot of options, especially like Joey said with the wind.
1: Well, and the thing that was so confusing to me because I I was dumb when I started water hunting by myself is, okay, you want to go hunting in wind because it gets birds moving, right? But at the same time, you want your decoy spread to look realistic. And how do you need your decoy spread to look realistic? It has to have motion. So, like, you should have some of your decoys in the wind and some not. And so there's very few areas, if you think about it, like, on a water source where you have that. You either have to push your decoys way far out from the shore, and and then they're going to land with those birds, or they're going to go, like, this is not real. I don't want here. So then you need to have motion decoys. You need to have a pulsator. You need to have um, a jerk string. You need to have a spinning wing decoy. You need to have bunch of stuff yeah so i know that that's kind of confusing maybe it's just me because i was dumb but i found when you're hunting a point you want some decoys in the wind some in the resting area
0: to make it look realistic i don't think this is just me personally but i don't think you need too too many in the windy part or whatever like yeah. i wouldn't do 50 percent of your decoys in the windy area but i think maybe what you're trying to get in my opinion is just a few and like and a handful, you, and
1: you want visibility Right. So if you're always tucked into the shore crap spot, I mean and then you're getting into migrator versus this is where they've been going. Yeah. So there's a lot of aspects to it and details that I feel like get overlooked
0: quite a bit. Oops. Oopsie. Ooh. I got a phone call. That's my view. Is it important? No. You sure? Yep. I'm sure. Um All right. Sorry about that. Joey, my bad. Wow. Get a little pissed off. Why don't you hit the so, TV or something? So you know spots. Um Yeah, that's a good one. Another thing that I think uh, could be super helpful is, at least for me, uh, play the shadows. Right? So like in the beginning of the day, you know, sometimes depending on where you're hunting, you're in the shadows. It's dark out and you can be a little bit closer to the edge. But as the sun comes up and you are now exposed in the sun, don't hesitate to take two or three steps back in the reeds. I feel like when oh. I first started hunting too, I'd hunt too close to the edge. Yeah. You know, because in the morning when it's early, you're sitting out there on the edge and you're so covered by shadow and it's dark enough out that they don't, you can't get seen anyway, right? As long as you're being somewhat still. But then as the day gets on and the sun comes up, like you do have to like step back into those reeds, like make it a point to just think about that. Because you you get caught and it'll be like the first good flock As soon as the sun's up and you're, like, at the edge of the reeds and they see Why didn't they work? Yeah, exactly. Why didn't
1: they work? Why did they flare it? 48 yards. No, You know? Yeah. Yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, if you're just standing in cattails, you should always be three steps behind the edge. Yeah. Another thing, and this goes for field hunting. This goes for any kind of hunting, really. Your foot traffic matters. So, I think it was, like... Five years ago, I really started thinking about it. You remember on our uh, North Dakota hunt with Wade and Ben? mm mm-hmm. Um, I kept saying that we should walk this way, walk this way to go and retrieve birds in the water, and that was because, especially on that hunt, we were so close to the water because mm-hmm. it was like random peat bog, and then yep. you just fall through the other stuff, so we had to be in certain spots. Yeah. My dog kept creeping up towards the front, and... Just being a jerk. (laughs) But, like, I remember thinking to myself, wow, we really need to focus on using a different exit as we leave the cattails. Otherwise, all of your hide will just be gone. Yeah, yeah. an hour into the hunt. Especially if you're going out to retrieve the birds and stuff. It's tough. So you really need to rely on the natural hide and not trash it as you're hunting.
0: Right, yeah, because everybody comes just right in and out right where their spot is. And I think that's, yeah, it's a really good thought for sure to have like a place everyone walks in, you walk down a line, right? you know, or both sides or whatever. You need to keep that front like you're blind. Well, it's even like
1: uh, when you're goose hunting, when we were hunting with Matt on uh, last Wednesday, we had all this green grass in a silage field. And we had it all around the blinds and you could totally see it
0: getting matted down throughout the day. And it just looked like foot traffic. Dude, you know what else drives me nuts Now that you like said that, not really water related unless you're somehow hunting an A frame or panels or whatever, but bro, it drives me nuts when people go out of the blind and we spent all this time brushing this blind in Mm. and it's beautiful and then they leave the fucking door open on the end, not clipped, you know? So it's just a wide open hole. You know, we'll have geese coming from that side or whatever, or ducks coming right from that side. And the person's just walking in and out of the blind and leaves the doors open. Yeah. What? Yeah. Drives me insane. No, just clip it. Yeah. Just clip it. Yeah, just clip it. Yeah, or just have a whatever at the end and put it over the side after you clip it up. Right. No, it's crazy. People do just leave the ends open, though, Mm -hmm. all the time. So back to water hunting. Yeah, sorry. My
1: tip for uh, people water hunting is no matter what decoy brand you use, What I've really noticed about water hunting is when you're scouting birds, every bird is not the exact same size, like period. And so when you're looking at all these different decoy brands, you have like a brand that only has rester ducks and then they have um, an upright. Like those are the only two positions. When you look at ducks on the water, they're doing all sorts of stuff. And each duck is a different size, so when we started Midwest Flyways, we were testing out all these different decoys to see who we wanted to work with, Mm -hmm. right? And when we threw those spreads, I always felt like we did really, really well, because we had hardcores, we had dive bombs, we had G&H, we had avians, we had... Tangle freeze. Tangle freeze. We had, like, literally every brand out there, and I felt like birds would key in on certain... Because we wouldn't... um, them all in one place we wouldn't throw the tangle freeze over here and the avians over here and dive bombs over there but they would key in on a certain bird and each flock would do something different and i kind of kept a mental tally of like they're really liking the smaller decoys today you know they're really liking uh, the oversized magnums yeah today why they're really liking the black ducks today like, they're, it's an overcast day, and they are just keying in on that darkness on the water. So the black duck is the duck to go with. Yeah. You know what I mean? I just noticed that. So my tip for you is to use every kind of decoy out there, size, shape, position. That's a huge one for me, too, is they're not all just looking exactly the same. But I'm kind of a weirdo when it comes to water hunting. I have a lot of superstitions, and I throw out at least one uh, Avery yeah, G. Yeah, tell us G- some of your superstitions. The Avery GHD Spoonie. I don't know why. Birds love it, and they land on it. It's a pintail or a, um, Spoonie. Mm-hmm. I think it's the white. Yeah. I don't know, but it's, I'm just superstitious about it. I would always try to throw at least one in my spread Yeah, every time.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was very weird.
1: Yeah. That's People would always give crazy. me shit. But, no, I think, I think we should do another 10-minute Tuesday, like a part two on this, just because yeah. there's so much that goes into water hunting. But thank you guys so much for watching this 10-Minute Tuesday. If you have any others that you want us to do, like little tips and tricks that you're trying to figure out, let us know in the comments, and we'll do that one.